Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts, and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference. Hey guys, I'm really excited for another episode of Show About Science. This is your host, Nate. Today, I've got Wick on my show. Wick is from TerraCycle. If you don't know what TerraCycle is, it's something that makes garbage into goodness. And that means they're turning plastic into recyclables. Hello? Hello. This is Nate? Yes. Hi, Nate. This is Rick. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am a director of process and product development here at TerraCycle. I was a mechanical engineer in undergraduate degree in college, and I have a master's degree in green technology as well. And what I do here at TerraCycle is I figure out how to recycle new materials and turn them into things. How do you recycle wood? Can you even recycle wood? Wood is an interesting material that you hit on here because I wouldn't say we recycle wood as much as we either reuse it. Like if you have some old lumber scrap from like a house, you can turn that into something smaller, maybe a shed or a table. That's more reusing wood. But if you want to recycle wood, I'd actually consider composting it instead. So that would be like putting in a compost pile and letting nature recycle the wood into new plants. Can you recycle plastic? You can recycle plastic. In fact, we recycle a number of different plastics every single day here in the U.S. Do you have a recycling bin at home, Nate? Yes. We also have a compost bucket. Oh, that's awesome. That's Not many people get to have a compost bucket because um, it's sometimes difficult to get those to work effectively in the backyard. But the the recycling bin is actually one of the uh, most important things we as consumers can do here in the U.S. to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions and uh, improve the environment. So what do you put in that recycling bin? We put in paper, glass, and that's mostly it. Okay. So paper and glass. And the other one, of course, is plastic. And so those three things, I think there's actually one more, which is a a metal, like you might have cans or soda cans or soup cans or some of those other type of metal items. Uh, That's an example of what we call a single stream recycling model. So at your house, when you take that can of paper and glass and metal and some plastics and you put it right on the front of your, your house by the curb, a truck will come by and it'll pick that up, put it in the back of the truck, and it'll take it off. 
It'll take it to a facility called a MRF, which is a material recovery facility. At that MRF, a bunch of guys will get on the line and they have a bunch of really big fancy machines. And they'll separate out the paper, they'll separate out the plastic, they'll separate out the glass, separate out some things by colors and weights and types and qualities. And occasionally there's some garbage in there too, which they have to separate out. And each of those individual streams of paper, glass, plastic, metal, they'll send to other facilities which will recycle them. So paper, like if you have newspaper or magazines or something, that will likely get turned into the next day's news, maybe a couple days later or so. But paper recycles pretty well. Glass is a little bit more complex to recycle because it's so heavy. But the one thing that really, really, really recycles very, very easily is aluminum cans. So if you drink soda um, and you put that soda can in your recycling bin, it might be a soda can on some store shelf within three weeks. So you're saying when I put stuff into the recycling bin, I might be giving it to you. Yeah, some, some stuff will come to us, but not as much. Um, we don't run any of those curbside collection programs. We actually run a special uh, recycling program, which is through a website. And our business model is a little bit different than that. Because if you go to TerraCycle.com and you type in a couple different things, for example, one of the items we collect is juice pouches. These would be juice pouches like Capri Sun or uh, Honest Kids or a couple other brands. Have you ever drank a Capri Sun juice pouch? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. So normally, that package, the, uh, the juice pouch itself, is not recyclable. Because if you kind of look at it, it's metally and it's kind of like flexible. It's actually a combination of metal and plastic materials. That combination makes it very difficult to recycle, which is why if you put it in your recycling bin, it won't get recycled, unfortunately. So we've come up with this technical solution on our end to take those juice pouches and we do a special recycling process to them to turn them into new plastic. It's actually mostly plastic, those juice pouches. Why can't we recycle plastic everywhere? Well, that's a good question. The simple answer is that different plastics have different values. So the plastic that is making up your computer or your phone is something called ABS. That's a fairly strong and valuable plastic. But the plastic that makes up your shopping bag, like, you know, the flexible plastic bag that you bring home groceries, that one's called polyethylene. That one's not quite as valuable as the ABS. So because there's different values to different materials, recycling actually is a market system. So if something has a lot of value, then it is easier to recycle it because you can recover that value. But if it doesn't have as much value, then it is harder to basically make money and stay in business. So recyclability as a statement refers to the economics surrounding how easy it is to collect, clean, and reuse a material. How long have you been working at TerraCycle, Wick? I've been at TerraCycle for three years here, Nate. I've worked on a number of different things. Most of the stuff is similar to that Capri Sun juice pouch, though. We've also recycled chip bags, for example, from Cheetos, Doritos, Fritos. You've probably had some of those products. So we actually take stuff like those chip bags and turn them into cooler liners. 
So if you have a lunchbox, and if you notice there's like, there might be a hard plastic shell on the inside of it, we might have made that plastic shell out of those chip bags. Can you give me some advice of how you recycle those things? Sure. So I'll take the example of the chip bag as the first case. So for the chip bag, the way our recycling model works is that you go to the TerraCycle website, terracycle.com, and you can sign up for our programs called Brigades. When you sign up for one of these programs, you can start collecting one of these specific waste streams, like the chip bags or the juice pouches or some of the other ones that we have on there. And when you sign up for them, you can start collecting those specific materials at your school or your church or community center or just from your friends and in your family. And when you've collected a, you know, a solid box full of this stuff, you can download a label from our website again, put it on the box, and you can ship it for free off to us. When we receive it, we'll open the box and we'll separate out the materials that we need and we'll recycle all the materials inside the box. So that chip bag, we'll mix with all the other chip bags that we've received from all over the country. We will clean it and then we'll process it. When we process something like that chip bag, it's mostly polymer, mostly plastic. We will shred it up, so we'll chop it up into little, little tiny bits and then we'll melt it. And that chip bag is actually 100% plastic, even though it's kind of got that shiny metal layer in there. And we'll clean it up a little bit in that melting step and turn it into a plastic pellet or nurdle, you might have heard that funny term. Um, that plastic pellet goes into any number of plastic items. Plastic pellets are what the plastic industry basically buys and sells as its basic commodity. So your water bottle was at one point plastic pellets or nurdles. Any plastic item you have, all of your toys were at one point nurdles or pellets, so on and so forth. So once we've turned that chip bag into that nurdle or pellet, then we can sell that into a number of applications for which the color and the quality and the material itself make sense. So why aren't nurdles polluting our oceans? So that is a good question. And unfortunately, it comes down to a couple different factors. The first thing is that a lot of the plastics that end up in our ocean are called microbeads. Microbeads come from a number of different places, but um, most recently they were in our toothpaste, they were in some of our skincare items, and a couple other industrial applications. Because those microbeads are slightly abrasive, they do a good job of cleaning stuff. So it makes sense in your toothpaste because it, it helps clean and polish your teeth. It made sense in some of the skin care cleaning applications because it helped open your pores and, you know, like remove dead skin. Recently, though, the U.S. government has put in place legislation to reduce and effectively ban the use of microbeads in a number of applications. So that is to help prevent any more microbeads from getting into the ocean because they're small enough that they could eventually get out there. The other place where plastics end up in the ocean is Sometimes when there are storms and you have ships going across the ocean, the shipping containers that are on the ships, some of them might fall off if it's a really, really, really bad storm. So occasionally we'll get contamination in the ocean from that way as well. But the largest place that plastic contamination comes from is unfortunately from poorer countries in Southeast Asia. They don't have as much infrastructure as we do here in the U.S. and how we have a a trash truck and a recycling truck, they don't get those. They instead have 
just really their own ingenuity to figure out what to do with their trash. And in lots of places, they'll end up burning it. But in some places, if you're by the water, you might dump it in a river and it might end up in the ocean. And that's one of the other big difficult challenges that we have to figure out is how do we expand our recycling capabilities to these poorer parts of the world where they don't have as good infrastructure as we do. Thank you, Rick, for being on my show. Thank you, Nate, for having me on your show. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. Mom, you could shut the recording off if you want. Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.